It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. This is what your 13-year-old now feels like because all of a sudden you're not talking about a body that one day this is going to happen to. You're talking about her body here and now. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the author of six books about raising happy families. Uh, (laughs) I'm nervous about this conversation today. I don't know why. We do this stuff really well in our own home, but it's still just one of those things that people don't talk about publicly so much. I'm here with my wife and uh, co-host, podcast partner, Kylie, Mrs. Happy Family's mum, to our six baby girls. Today we're having a conversation with Michelle Mitchell, author of two brand new books, A Girl's Guide to Puberty and A Guy's Guide to Puberty. We're so excited to chat with you today, Michelle. Kylie, I'm so thrilled to meet you. I've been hanging out to meet Mrs. Happy Families. This is beautiful. Now, a couple of years ago, you wrote a book, a very confronting book uh, for parents of teenagers who are going through hard times, Michelle. It was called Self-Harm, yeah. Why Teens Do It and What Parents Can Do to Help. We'll have to have you on to talk about that another time, but I, I was so impressed by it, the, the, the compassion and kindness that's in it. But now these books all about puberty. Yeah, it's extremes, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I've worked with teenagers for so many years and sat with girls in their darkest moments. So we're we're talking about the heavy stuff. And I had a psychology clinic with 12 staff and I've done a lot of work with schools over those years. But I found that primary schools were starting to ring me with more and more kind of incidents of things that you typically only see in the teenage years. And I started to speak more in primary schools, upper primary, grade five and six. And I just fell in love with these little ones. And I I actually felt really um, empowered because I was able to get in at an age where they still thought I knew everything and they they weren't sussing out what type of shoes I was wearing quite as much as the grade nines and I absolutely loved communicating with them. It's really easy to communicate with kids that think you do know everything still. I know. I actually had a conversation with my parents the other day about the very first time I have a memory of having the birds and the bees conversation with them. They Mm -hmm. brought home a book. They both sat with me on my bed. Yeah. They brought home this book. It had a bright orange cover. It was about cats mating. Oh, and, really? and inside the book were these cartoon cats. And I saw all the bits and I saw the actions. Were they cat bits or were they human bits on cats? Oh, they were cat bits. Right. Okay. And and my mum has no recollection. My dad just laughed the whole way through the conversation. She blanked it out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because I did grow up in a home where it was a very, very open conversation and dialogue. But it yeah. was just this so hilarious moment where I was like, why did we start with cats? And oh, dad and actually got a story, don't they? <laughs> Like everyone's experiences of that first conversation, it's almost like this real uh, memorable moment and it's so confronting for kids as well. So we want to try and get it right because it's likely to stick in their minds for a very long time. Michelle, my first uh, experience with my parents, I, I was in grade six. So, you know, it had been years. I already knew it all, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in grade six, for goodness sakes. Yeah, and, that's it. And, and mum and dad are like, uh, so Justin, we thought we might have a conversation with you about where, <laughs> where babies come from and about what's happening with your body or what's about to happen with your body. Yeah. Uh, and I looked at them, rolled my eyes and said, do we have to? And they said, well, we bought you yeah. a book as well, just in case. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I said, yeah, just give me the book. That's fine. And, and they handed me, where did I come from? Uh, and there was a puberty one that went with it as well. And they they walked away. 
never talked about it again, ever. That's it. That's it. And I think sometimes it is too little too late, isn't it, especially because we've got a generation of kids now growing up online. And so the chance of exposure to content of this nature and even just images of, you know, perceived beauty, this all comes into play with it. So it pushes us as parents and we have much more of a timeline to to work towards these days. Our experience with our six girls is just that they actually really want to have these conversations. Yeah, girls seek it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do, don't they? Tell me about me. Tell me more about me. That's that's girls that I meet in schools. They're like open arms to understanding their body and the ebb and flow of hormones and it helps them put meaning and hinge their experiences on something. And I think that's really powerful for our girls. Are you saying that boys don't have the same response, Michelle? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I, yeah. I know <laughs> I didn't. Probably- Yeah, like I think boys can take it or leave it just that little bit more. Now I'm generalising here. Some boys, I'm getting beautiful emails from mums saying their boys are just ahead in the book digesting it, like it's just their new world and it's what they're talking about and it started some great conversations. But, you know, for for other boys it's like, "Ah, yeah, okay, you know, it's, it's they can flip it off a bit easier. Yeah, it's really fascinating having this conversation. We do need to take a really quick break, but when we come back, uh, Kylie apparently is going to ask one of those really curly questions. I can't believe I used the word curly while we're talking about puberty. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, and, and and apparently wants to put me in it with you just a little bit. Uh, but we also want to find out about some of the mistakes that we make so that we can avoid them. So let's do that in just a sec. Sounds great. It's the Happy Families Podcast. Imagine a home where discipline got results without anyone having to feel bad or in trouble. The Do's and Don'ts of Discipline is a webinar to help parents set limits with love, compassion and humanity. Find it now at happyfamilies.com.au slash shop. Are you looking to give your kids a fun and safe way to explore a new level of independence while still staying connected? The Space Talk Adventurer Watch provides phone calls, SMS messaging to a parent-controlled list of contacts and GPS location updates so you can see when your kids are on the move. Water-resistant and equipped with a heart rate monitor and fitness tracker, the Space Talk Adventurer is built tough to withstand the daily activity of 5- to 12-year-olds. Space Talk does not give children access to social media or apps and has school mode for distraction-free learning. And our 10-year-old daughter loves hers. We love that she's got it. Available in four colours at major retailers and online at spacetalkwatch.com. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. And today we're talking with Michelle Mitchell about her books, A Girl's Guide to Puberty and A Guy's Guide to Puberty. We've been reading them in our home. Uh, In fact, we shared about, uh, you know, in our I'll Do Better Tomorrow podcast a couple of weeks ago about how you walked into the living room and I'm sitting on the couch. I've got a 13-year-old on my right. I've got a 10-year-old on my left. The six-year-old's climbing the couch and listening into every word intently while she runs around the room and, you know, asking about tampons and fallopian tubes and ovaries and that kind of thing. Uh, It's been, it's been kind of, it's been a really fun experience to read through the books, Michelle. Did you find them funny? Because we worked hard at that. We, we've tried to put some humour in them and Steph did a great job with those illustrations, didn't she? They're very fun. Yeah, I mean, and, and I love the way you've targeted. Uh, my 13-year-old, she's in grade eight now and mm-hmm. she's sort of saying, uh, you know, I know it all, this isn't yeah, all that. Because she has kind of had these conversations. Yeah. But, but we've been looking for some good puberty books and 
have never really quite found one that I felt great about. We've read through a number because, you know, like we're up to children's children, <laughs> children four, five and six now. So we've been through a few of these puberty books and for the younger kids especially, I mean, and, and that's yeah. what you've said explicitly, this is a book for tweens, the kids from, let's eight say, to 8 to 12, mm-hmm. yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and Lily, our 10-year-old, and Emily, who's only six, and we just figured if she wants to sit on the conversation, she can, and she loves it. It's been um, it, it's been really enjoyable, and they have laughed, and they they've they've asked lots of really important questions. Michelle, Justin actually, um, you know, as he shared with that experience, was reading all of the um, puberty things a, around a female's body. Well, I'm reading a girl's guide to puberty. <laughs> That's right. But once he got to the pages about the male anatomy, and uh, yes. yeah, he, he decided to hand that over to me. <laughs> I, is that, is that okay, weak on right. his part or did he actually yeah, no, do the right thing? See, this is what your 13-year-old now feels like because all of a sudden you're not talking about a body that one day this is going to happen to. You're talking about her body here and now. And that's why it's really hard to talk to a 13-year-old about puberty because it's already happening. Um, but if we can get in a little bit earlier, you can sort of depersonalise it a little bit for them. So, Justin, should you be reading the male anatomy to your girls? Not if you are not comfortable doing that. And you are so lucky having a wife to do it. <laughs> I am, and I leaned on Kylie pretty hard for that. Actually, I've come across a little bit of research. I, I can't find the citation. I wish I could. But I've come across a little bit of research that indicates that in order to uh, assist with empathy, uh, mm. it's really advantageous for boys to learn about female 100%. puberty and anatomy and sexual intimacy from their mums and girls mm-hmm. to learn it from their dads. Uh, yeah. I mean, ideally it'll be a combination, one-two punch kind of thing, mm-hmm. but, but but it seems like there's some, some evidence that it's really handy for kids to learn from their opposite sex parent, particularly when it comes to the stuff that's about that opposite sex. Yeah, I think any girl who has a male um, support person, whether that's a father or an uncle or a big brother in her life that cares whose arm is around her and cares about her developing sexuality is one lucky girl. And any information that we can have about other people's experiences is going to help with empathy, but particularly in this area, because I feel like respectful relationships start almost in primary school when they're like, I've got those little, I like you feelings. And they're starting to sort of giggle about body parts and putting some context around how other people feel about their bodies is really important. That is actually one of the things that really resonated with um, the way you've written the book, Michelle. I um, we've we've read a few other books, and there's it, it's kind of felt a little bit irreverent. I don't know if that's the right word, but there just hasn't been that same kind of respect for the way our bodies work and the way other people's bodies worked. And so, as I was reading with the girls, I just loved that there was just this acknowledgement that everybody else is going through these changes at the same time. And, yeah. you know, we need to be respectful of the fact that this is this is scary and new for them as well. And so it pointing really it out is. and making yeah. fun of them or you know, making them feel different at a time yeah. where things are just so overwhelming is just and, not nice. It's not kind. Yeah. And so- and I try and model that with question time too. So when a child puts up their hand and asks me a question, I need to treat that question with the deepest respect. And in with everything that I do, yes, there's the birds and bees technical information, but at the same time, you're trying to balance the values that go with that information because it's the values that give it context. So regardless of whether you're talking about literally body parts or anything else, we can still add value 
to what we're communicating to our kids. So grateful that you said that, Michelle. There's a couple of points that that's, I'd love to draw out and maybe sort of double-click and go a bit deeper on just quickly. Uh, the first is, do we need to still be calling it the birds and the bees? No, I don't think so, but I think that's what parents relate to. So they remember the the technical talk, and that's probably what I refer to when I say birds and bees because it's like this is the technical information. But the world our kids live in is a lot broader than that now, and that's why yeah. it can't be just one conversation. It's that's why we're in layering a whole new way. Like it's, the, the level of technicality has changed enormously. My second question, actually, it's probably less a question and more of a point, but I'd love to get your response to the point. And, and it's something that I've been really working hard on when I talk to parents about these kinds of topics, particularly mm-hmm. when I wrote my book, Misconnection, the book about teenage yes, girls. Which uh, I loved. Thank you. That's really kind. Uh, the, the the comment that I, I made was that we've got to make sure that when we're teaching our children about sexual intimacy – that we don't divorce the physical intimacy from the emotional intimacy. And you've just tapped into the idea of values, which I think is just a, such a tremendously important third uh, third pillar to really support this conversation. We've got to talk about the technical stuff, like you said, but we can't divorce it from the emotional stuff because otherwise it just becomes a, a mechanical act rather than emotionally intimate. And more than that, it's got to be tied to values. Otherwise, people will make decisions that the research tells us will ultimately haunt them later into their lives. It will cast a long shadow through their lives. Yeah. And this book is about puby, but I was reading some research um, just a few days ago that was saying 50% of our eight and nine-year-olds are not comfortable with their body. So they dislike their body. So to me, this, this involves also the values about loving yourself and having respect for who you are and understanding your body. And to me, it all starts there. And I think that was a huge motivator in writing the book because I can see where it goes when kids don't have those foundational pillars in place. And also those open conversations or those open channels of communication with the trusted adults in their life that can be those guardrails as they grow that help reinforce some of those values sometimes because they're still developing boundaries for their own lives. And sometimes we come in and and help those and help hold those as they journey. Michelle, we've covered a lot of territory in a very short time. If there was a take-home message for every mum, every dad, every trusted adult in these children's mm-hmm. lives, what would it be? Make a start. You've got this. You've got it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, if people want to get hold of the books, Michelle, A Girl's Guide to Puberty and A Guy's Guide to Puberty, where should mm-hmm. they go? They can head to my website, michellemitchell.org, and, yeah, we'd love to see them there. Okay, fantastic. We've loved the books. Our girls have loved the books. Really grateful to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. Well, we really hope you enjoyed the podcast and found it helpful. If you did, please let us know via podcasts at happyfamilies.com.au or better yet, jump online and in your podcast app, all you need to do is uh, step, jump into the library, find the Dr. Justin Coulson's Happy Families podcast, and it brings up all of our ratings and reviews. What you can then do is you can tap to rate, or you can actually go in there by pressing see all, and it says write a review. If you could take 60 seconds, write a review, we would just be so grateful because it's your ratings and reviews that help people to find the podcast to make their families happier and learn how to have those puberty conversations with their kids. As always, Justin Rulon from Bridge Media is our wonderful producer. We thank him and our executive producer, Craig Bruce. If you'd like more info about how to make your family happier, check out happyfamilies.com.au. Listener.